a fighting prayer is stronger than the enemy every time. Does it take him out the first time? Sometimes no. Does it take him out the second time? Sometimes no. But just like Elijah called down fire from heaven, it will take him out. Your job is to listen to what the spirit is saying, pray according to the spirit and pray until that thing is answered. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. It's your girl, Autumn Miles. Do we have a show for you today? And this is why I know we have a show for you today, because I've been paying for it. (laughs) And not just me, my team, my producer, Mike, our director, Lisa, we've all been paying it for it because the enemy don't want you to hear what we got to say after this break. I literally couldn't log on um, to my recording session today. And when we did log on, they couldn't hear me. And it was like a whole thing. And then come to find out, we've all been under sort of um, satanic attack in our minds and and all that kind of stuff. And you want to know why? It's for you. It is for you out there. After the break, you do not want to go anywhere. We are going to talk about prayer. We are going to talk about fighting prayer. How do you fight and win in your prayer life? How do you do that? We are going to get so raw with this today. A stolen mind is a stolen fight. That's what I'm going to talk about. If you know your prayer life is not good, let's just be honest. Like no one knows, like you're listening to this podcast, but nobody knows what you're saying to yourself, except for Jesus, be honest with yourself right now. How good is your prayer life? If you're like on a scale of one to 10, I am like a thousand. Well then great. You should probably be doing this podcast. But if you're totally honest with yourself and you say, you know, it's like a two or I pray before a meal or whatever. And that's it. Buckle up, buttercup. It is about to be on in these next three podcasts, okay? That's what we're going to talk about after the break. We're going to review my book, Gangster Prayer, which we're celebrating three years of it being out. I cannot even believe it's been that long. We're going to talk all about that in a sec. What's happening in my life? Okay, so we go to the beach vacation, right? We went to the beach. I don't know what was up with the sun at the beach this year. I got, everyone got burnt and I'm like, not a burner. Like my skin, I don't know. It just, it just, I just don't burn very easy. I really don't even have to use sunscreen. I know, I know I need to use sunscreen, but I just really just kind of, I don't know. I just, I've never used a lot of it. Maybe that's why, (laughs) but, um, we got, I don't know, something's up with the sun in Florida this year. I don't know what it is. It was extra hot, but we just got back from the beach not that long ago and had just the greatest time. And we have started a new tradition in our family when we go on summer vacay to the beach uh, with the fam. The kids are old enough. All four of them are old enough. Obviously, the older ones, but also Mo and Have are old enough to now play putt putt golf. Okay, we're old enough. We understand what it means to 
putt, putt the ball. Um, we've got it. We figured this out last year. And um, they were six last year. They're seven this year. And then, of course, Grace is 16 and Jude is 13, almost 14. Um, so last year, when we went to play putt-putt golf, I first of all, I was hesitant to play because I hate playing anything with my husband. I just hate it. He wins after 18 years of losing every battle of every game we have ever played, card game, Monopoly, you name it, categories, Clue, Candyland, I mean, life, like all the games. I lose every time to my husband. Therefore, I learned about, you know, I don't know, seven years ago after I've been losing for 11 years, I was the giant loser. I'm not playing you in games anymore. I'm not going to spend the rest of my life losing to you only for you to gloat over me. I'm not doing it. We're not doing it. It's one thing that we don't do together. We don't play games. It saved our marriage, guys. It really has. But last year, <laughs> when there is a chorus of children saying, Mom, please play putt-putt golf with Dad. <laughs> please play, please play. I totally gave in and I played putt-putt golf um, with my husband and my four kids. Okay. Thinking like I'd probably beat at least one of them. So I wouldn't be like the ultimate loser. <laughs> so we, we got to play putt-putt golf last year and I'm like in it. My mind is in it. I am like, you are going down Eddie Miles. And, um, I caught like three holes in one and which is like shocking. It's like a miracle, like a red sea. God parted the red sea miracle, miracle, um, celebrated, totally gloated, like totally just like gloated right in Eddie's face because I was winning Went to count up the points and your girl beat her husband, Eddie miles. After, at that point, we've been married 17 years, 17 years of losing. <laughs> so I was happy. I gloated for days, months. And I mean, milked it. Like, I I mean, it was just, it was so wonderful. It was, you guys are going to think I'm a terrible person, but you know what? You lose for 17 years straight. And let me, and let's check your attitude. Anyway, so this year, my kids are like, mom, we have to play again. And because of last year, I am thinking to myself, there is a small but sturdy chance of me winning. I won last year. Who I Listen, Jesus parted the Red Sea and he parted the Jordan River. So maybe we're going to have two miracles in the Miles family and it's going to be phenomenal. So here I am. I go. I, I have been gloating all year. Pride comes before fall <laughs> and I'm about to fall down the staircase, guys. So my kids are like, mom, you know, let's play. So we go to the same course, you guys, the same course. So I'm thinking like, I'm a pro now. I'm like a veteran because I've already beat him once on this course. We go to the course and I <laughs> get a hole in one. I think I was the first one to get a hole in one. And I'm the scorekeeper because I'm the one who I will not cheat. I won't let you cheat. Like if you get eight strokes, Dude, you get eight strokes. That's just what you get, okay? I'm not giving you no mercy. No, this is a game, okay? So I'm I'm always very honest in the scores, including my own, um, which I <laughs> was very honest with all of us. 
I do like Haven. She's my baby. So sometimes I'll, I'll like give her a strike or two. Like she's seven. She's a baby. We have got, (laughs) I was confident you guys, when we were done, I had my little pencil that is, you know, way too small to actually write with and way too pointy. It's dangerous. Um, had my little pencil. I had my little score sheet. I wanted complete silence so I could tally up the points of everyone. Moses and Haven tied, which I thought was phenomenal. Um, Haven's got some major putt-putt game, and I'm really proud of her. Um, then came Jude, and then came Grace. And we kind of figured it's it would be like that because that's typically how it goes. And then Eddie and I were neck and neck, you guys. We were neck and neck. And um, the last two holes, <laughs> the Lord was like, I'm just going to have to humble Autumn. And um, yeah, guys, he actually ended up beating me by seven. So I lost. <laughs> and you know what I did? Because I knew that the Lord just humbled my little hiney. I said to him, congratulations, you won. You are a winner. And I'm just so proud of you. And therefore... Come next year, I'm not playing putt puck golf against him because I'm going to lose again. And that's just the way it's going to be. And the kids are going to want me to play. And I'm going to be like, no, I'll play with you, but I won't play with your dad. (laughs) Life. That's real life. That's true life. All of you guys out there that have been married for like two seconds, it's coming. It's coming. Like a freight train, y'all. It's coming. Okay. Anyway, that's what's happening in my life. I am going to be back After the break, we're going to talk about your prayer life and my prayer life and how do we fight in prayer. It's going to be good. See you in a sec. Hey, guys, it's Autumn. And I want to know, family, what is God doing in your life? If you have a recent praise report about God's faithfulness, We all want to know about it. I want to know, my team wants to know, and your brothers and sisters in Christ that listen to this show want to know. You can share your story by emailing hello at autumnmiles.com or you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram by searching autumnmiles at the top of the page. I want to hear about it, guys. Let's tell the world what God is doing in your life so we all can be encouraged by your journey of faith. Okay, guys, here we are. We are back. Yes, guys, this is real. This is marriage. You know, my family is not, I'm not talking about my kids. I'm talking about the adults, the adults in my family who are all 40 year olds or older, 35 and older. We are not mature enough to play Monopoly at Christmas time. We are not. We determined that years ago. And, you know, that's just the way it is. And if someone's like, hey, let's play Monopoly at Christmas or Thanksgiving, we're like, no. (laughs) I remember my husband yelling at my brother, like yelling, like full voice yelling at my brother one time over boardwalk. And, you know, we're just never going to do that again. It just wasn't good. Luckily, he's been in the family a long time, so he can do that. And everyone that knows my husband's like, he would never do that. Oh, yes, he would. He is the most competitive person on the planet. Okay, here we go. How do we fight evil? How do we fight evil in prayer? Fighting prayer. That is what we're going to talk about. If you want to punch that prayer life up to the next level, we're talking next level prayer life, girl, boy, mom, dad, this is the show for you today. Now I said before, uh, in the beginning of the show, 
July 19th, Gangster Prayer, which is my third book, has been out for three years, July 19th. Now, it's crazy because this book was, I felt like a very rushed on the Lord's part. I was touring. I was actually editing I Am Rahab when I signed the book deal for Gangster Prayer. And I thought to myself, why in the world do I not space this out? But when opportunity knocks, your girl is going to answer that phone call, right? So I'm editing I Am Rahab. I'm touring with I Am Rahab while I'm writing Gangster Prayer. Gangster Prayer launches July 19th. I go on book tour from July to I am done middle of November. So I'm all over the place. I'm on like TV, I'm on the radios and I'm on the, I'm speaking and all that kind of stuff. I had no idea what 2020 was going to bring. I had no idea. I knew that this was an assignment. Gangster prayer was an assignment that God had on my life. I knew I could feel the urgency in my spirit about it. I could sense there was something coming because prayer was on the mind of the Lord. There is no way in the world I could have predicted or even known what 2020 would bring to our world and, you know, the the aftershocks of it that we're experiencing today. Therefore, this is really a special book for me. All three of them are my book babies. This book, I almost gave up ministry while writing it, just to be honest with you. It's super raw. I didn't think I could actually go on. The amount of satanic attack that came at me during this season was debilitating. And I I could tell you story after story, but I want to get into the text of today. Go get it. If you guys want to just totally overhaul your prayer life, if you're honest enough with yourself, like at the beginning of the show to say, my prayer life stinks. It just does. Go get it. It will challenge you. It is in your face. Um, But you know what? I was so attacked during this time. I didn't have time to be really, you know, have flowery words. It's very direct. And and I think sometimes that's okay. Sometimes we need those resources that are like, this is this is why I would love Joyce Meyer because she's like, this is what's up, dude. Like, this is up, what's up. You're selfish. Change. You know, that's kind of the way she puts stuff. Um, which is why I love her because I really resonate with that style. But it's you can get it anywhere. You can order it anywhere. Gangster prayer. We're going to be talking about it for the next three weeks. Today, we're talking about fighting prayer. A stolen mind is a stolen fight. If the enemy can take your mind, he can take your prayer life. If he can take your mind, he can take your faith. If he can put thoughts in your head to make you question, He's gotcha, okay? A stolen mind is a stolen fight. And what we're going to see throughout this episode and then the next couple episodes after today is how to combat the fight that you're in when it comes to prayer. Isn't it interesting? 
when you go to pray and you know you need to pray that your phone will ring, that you'll get a text message or, or not even that. Sometimes it's like, uh, your phone will ding because, you know, it's a timer for you to take your, uh, multivitamin, uh, of the day. Sometimes it's, uh, thought that crosses your mind that it's like, Ooh, I need to remember to do that later today. But it's when you sit down to get serious in prayer that this stuff happens. It's because of this one thing. Who knows what prayer can do besides God himself? Satan. There are two beings um, that I think fully understand the power of prayer. Obviously, one is God. And when I say God, I'm speaking Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The other is Satan. He knows what it affects. He knows what the prayer of Jehoshaphat did, won wars. He knows what the prayer of Elijah did, uh, Elijah did called down fire from heaven. He knows the prayers of David. He has been there since the beginning. The Bible talks about that. He knows what prayer can do. He knows the full effect because he sees the saints praying. He has access to the throne room, according to Job. He sees the saints praying, and he also sees the results of the saints' prayers. He is the one, besides God, in the heavenly places that knows what your prayer can produce, can protect you from, can stop, can start. He knows it. So he fights it because he does not want you to have what is rightfully yours via prayer. Ephesians 6 says this, it's about the armor of God. It will be hopefully familiar to you. If it's not, this is an amazing passage. Ephesians 6.10 says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and then the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. You're going to have to stand firm. It's not if, it's when. It's coming. Maybe you've already experienced it. Probably if you've been a believer longer than 2.5 seconds, you have. Your job is to stand firm and put on the armor of God. Verse 12 says this, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against your husband. It's not against your child. It's not against your boss. It's not against whatever it is that you think it's against. It's not against your pastor. It's not against uh, your coworker. Your struggle is uh, not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Your fight is not against them. It's against him, the enemy. And therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in that evil day and having done everything to stand firm. I could go on and execute this whole patches, but I'm not because I want to get to one stanza in this passage. Stand firm, therefore, verse 14, having girded your loins with truth, 
having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod or put on your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, taking up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18 says this, and I wish we would talk about this more. And that's what I'm going to talk about today with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Okay. I want to stick to verse 18 and that's kind of where we're going to land. Now, a stolen mind is a stolen fight. I'm going to tell you how Satan comes at you to steal your mind. But before I want to get into that, I want to show you first how to stop it. Praying at all times in the spirit. Now, listen, I know there's all types of people that listen to what I say. The Bible talks about speaking in tongues, about having a prayer language and all those kind of things. Um, I'm not going to go specifically into all of that today because I want to, because you can pray in the spirit without speaking in tongues. I hundred percent believe that. Now, whatever this means to you, this is, this is not a debate that we're going to have today on the show. We are going to talk about praying at all times in the spirit. And the second part of what I'm going to talk about is how we can fight and overcome the enemy's schemes by praying in the spirit. Praying at all times in the spirit is straight out of Ephesians 6.18. It is in the scripture. It is in the scripture. And let me say this. It does not have to be weird. Our, our pastor says the spirit isn't weird. People are weird. And that's exactly right. <laughs> people have made the spirit-led prayers weird, especially people that come from more conservative backgrounds like myself. I had to learn what it felt like to pray in the spirit. I had to learn what it actually practically felt like to hear from the spirit of God and pray according to his will. Hearing from the spirit of God and praying according to his will does not have to be weird. You have to know what the spirit of God sounds like and obey when the spirit of God tells you to pray. Praying at all times in the spirit, which means this, a fighting prayer is uh, the enemy Satan himself is not stronger than a fighting prayer. The enemy Satan himself is not stronger than a prayer offered by someone who is praying according to the spirit of God. A fighting prayer is stronger than the enemy every time. Does it take him out the first time? Sometimes no. Does it take him out the second time? Sometimes no. But just like Elijah called down fire from heaven, it will take him out. Your job is to listen to what the spirit is saying, pray according to the spirit and pray until that thing is answered. Praying at all times, verse 18 in the spirit. Practically, what is this like? Um, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories because I think that will make it easier for you to understand. 
When I pray, I am always distracted, always. And we'll talk about that in just in a second, but I really want to hit this first. I'm always distracted. It's always a distraction. Um, you know, my kids, you know, they'll wake up. Sometimes my husband's in distraction. He'll walk in and I'm like praying and like, I'm like, and then he'll walk in the room and I'm like, what is he doing? Is he making coffee? Like, <laughs> is he going to make me some coffee? My mind just, you know, a stolen mind is a stolen fight. But praying in the spirit over the years has come in different ways to me. What happened? This is not weird, people. If God lays someone on your heart and it does not come from you or a situation on your heart and it does not come from you and you do not know where it comes from and you have an urge to intercede for that person, that is the spirit speaking to your spirit saying it's time for you to pray for that person. For instance, uh, there was one time, it was 7.37 and I, I don't know how I remembered this time, but it's written in the book. Very strongly, a pastor's wife came on my mind, and I uh, I have a lot of uh, pastor friends, pastor's wives, pastors, the whole thing, um, and I, I have a, lot, a large group of, of friends that are in ministry. Well, she came on my mind. It was very strong. Her name was very strong. It was like a flashing light in my mind of just her name, her name, her name, her name. So I started praying for her because I knew I was not thinking about her earlier. Like this is something that was not of me that came into my mind. I started praying for her. I sent her a text message. Guess what? I'm praying for you. I love you. I don't know what's going on. The Lord laid you on my heart. So I am praying that whatever it is you're facing tonight, you will overcome. The next day she texts me back, I cannot believe that you were praying. I cannot believe that you were praying at that exact moment. Last night, all members of my family were throwing up violently because of the stomach flu. How was I supposed to know that? Not know that, okay? The Lord put that in my mind and I began praying, praying at all times in the spirit, even at 737 at night. One time I was, I don't even know what I was doing, actually, to be honest, I don't remember, but the story is definitely in the book. I remember going about my day and all of a sudden a team member came into my mind and I thought, oh my gosh, this is not for me. Like, I don't know where this, like, I wasn't thinking about this team member. I wasn't like, it was something that was totally not from me, but I felt very strongly and urged to pray for this team member at that moment. I stopped everything I was doing and I started praying for her in that very second, I, in, it was so strong. I picked up the phone and I called her and I said, um, I don't know what's going on with you, but the Lord wants me to pray for you. I am praying for you. I don't know. Uh, please call me, um, whenever you get my message so you can let me know what's going on with you. Um, she called me back later that day and she said, you're not going to believe this, but at the exact time that you called, I was being robbed at gunpoint. How would I know that? <laughs> Praying at all times in the spirit. Whenever the spirit is saying, hey, listen, this is your thing. It's not weird. It's listening and obeying the directive of the Lord. Guys, this has happened in my life thousands of times, thousands of times. The Lord will lay something on my heart. I know it's not from me. I know it's from the spirit. The spirit is saying, pray this. I will pray that. And later I'll find out why I'm praying that. 
Pray at all times in the spirit. You want to win your fighting prayer. Uh, one of the ways to win that fighting prayer is to listen to the spirit and pray that thing based on the spirit of God until God answers that prayer. When you are fighting the enemy, when you're praying spirit-led prayers, it will be a fight. The Bible says right here, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Pull it on the full armor of God um, for our struggle, verse 12, or wrestle. And some uh, Bible verses, it says wrestle. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against the world forces in darkness. Other versions say wrestle. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, whatever. Satan wants to wrestle us until we're exhausted, until we give up, until we start. It oftentimes will mirror the same wrestling that Jacob did with God. At first, Jacob did not know who he was wrestling with until it was over. But in Jacob's case, it brought about life. In the enemy's case, in Ephesians 6, it brings about defeat. We do not want to give up too early because the enemy wants to defeat us. And if he can defeat us in our prayer life, he can defeat our life. Fighting prayers, praying in the spirit. I've done this with my kids a thousand times. God, I see my child has this issue. I do not know what it is. As their mom, I can look and listen, moms, we got some great mamas out there. I know y'all are great mamas, but you don't know their soul. You can't see their soul. You can see if they respond. For instance, one of my kids had just something going on at the beginning of this year. And I remember getting up so early in the morning and I remember praying, God, I don't know where this is coming from in my child. You, spirit of God, reveal to me what they need. And I'm sitting there early in the morning and I'm listening, spirit, how do I pray? You know the ins and outs of my child. What do they need to hear from their mom? How can I produce the most fruitful prayer in this moment? And the spirit of God, like a light bulb, switched something on inside of me. And let me tell you something. That was the exact answer to my child's prayer that helped them get better at the thing that they were struggling with. The spirit of God knows the ins and outs of your need, of your problem. He knows how you got in. He knows how to get it out. So your job is to sit, not be weird. This is not weird. This is sitting and listening to the spirit. And when the spirit reveals to you what the problem is, then you go all in and you fight for that child. You fight for that marriage. You fight for that thing until he stops wrestling you and you get through. Spirit, pray at all times in the spirit. That means this. It is not incarcerated by our time limits. It kind of drives me nuts. Like, and I understand, like I've, I did conferences for a long time. I understand the time constraints and all that kind of stuff. But the spirit of God is not bound by a human timetable. 
If he tells you at 7.36 p.m. to pray for, you know, your aunt down the street because whatever, you pray. Pray at all times in the spirit. If he lays something on your heart, start praying for it. If it's not from 6 to 6.30 in the morning, well, guess what? There are needs outside of that little window of time that you incarcerate the Holy Spirit on. Pray at all times in the spirit, okay? And the Bible says in verse 18, and with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all of the saints. I truly believe if you want to see fight and win in a fighting prayer, if you want to know how to truly trample and win in your prayer, it is praying in the spirit. That means when you sit down and when you uh, what, rather than having your list of things to say, God, please answer this request like this. You sit down and say, this is my request. This is what I need help with. Spirit of God, how? How can you help me? What do I need to do to change? You work this out based on your wisdom of the situation. Praying according to the Spirit's will, not according to your will. Okay. Quickly, I want to say that is how you fight to win in prayer. But I want to talk to you about distractions in the few seconds that I have left. A stolen mind is a stolen fight. If he can steal your mind, he can steal your awareness of the spirit. He can steal your awareness of even the spirit speaking to you and moving in you. He can steal your awareness and um, just dumb down your sensitivity to the spirit of God. And there are certain ways that he does that. Number one, communication with anything else but God, social media being a huge one. I know you don't want to hear this. I know no one wants to hear this, but everyone has a deep desire to communicate. Everyone wants to be heard. Everyone wants to be seen. Those are two things that every human being want. We want to be heard. We want to be seen. Okay. What does social media offer us? To be heard and to be seen. So what will happen a lot of times, especially with the Bibles on our phones and stuff like that, is the enemy will maybe get us in a posture of prayer. We'll be praying and then all of a sudden, oh my goodness, here we go. We have a Instagram, you know, uh, notification that we'll see while our eyes are open when we're praying and we'll click on that. And then all of a sudden we're seen, we're known. Someone liked our picture. Someone liked our reel. Someone watched our story. Someone sent us a message. All of a sudden, this need to be heard, this need to be seen is answered via another source than the spirit of God. If he can steal your mind, he will steal your fight. If he can get you focused on social media during your time that you've allotted for prayer, he will do that. We have a desire to communicate. This is why I always say when we, you have a problem, don't first thing pick up and call your, your friend that, you know, listen, take it to the Lord first. Let him scratch that itch of needing to be communicated with, of needing to be seen, of needing to be heard, and then call your mama. Don't call her first. Call on the Lord, the name of the Lord first. 
Um, distraction. This is another way that the enemy gets us. Distraction. I just told you this is my biggest thing because my mind is so active. Anything really can distract me. I have to work on this. I still have to work on this. Okay. It's amazing. I'll get in the posture of prayer. I'll sit down. I'll be like ready to go in. I'll have my headphones in. I've got my worship music blaring. I've got the whole thing, whatever. And then like, there's a bird at my window and I'm like, Oh, that's a pretty bird. Oh, she's so pretty. Oh, it's the Cardinal. Oh, I wonder if I have bird seed in the bird feeder. Oh wait. I wonder if they pooped on my, on my patio. Oh man, I should go out there and make sure of all those things. And then all of a sudden I am physically getting up and removing myself from the posture of prayer that I needed to do in the first place. Anyway, distraction. We have got to fight the temptation to be distracted. Every other thing feels more important than prayer when you go to pray. Every other thing. Why do you think that is? Because the enemy knows what your prayer can produce and he will use anything and anyone to keep you from victory, from blessing, from answered prayer in your life. Why? Because he does not want the glory of the Lord to rest in you, on you, and through your lips. Distraction. I have doubt is another one. People don't pray. Fear is in my notes, which is why I hesitated a minute, but I would rather talk about doubt. People don't pray and because they don't get as deep in prayer as they could because the enemy puts doubts in their head. You start praying, Lord, I want to be healed of this, whatever. I want to, I want my daughter to be healed from the flu or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden you are There is an avalanche of doubt that comes over you. This is how the enemy keeps you from praying. He will get you to doubt that God wants to rather believe that he will. Doubt, distraction, an ulterior mode of communication. Every one of those things are how the enemy gets in to keep us from praying spirit-led prayers that he knows is going to change our life or someone else's life. I will sacrifice for prayer. I've learned over the years, I've seen too many miracles not to sacrifice for prayer. A lot of times the Lord will get me up in the middle of the night. It'll be three o'clock in the morning and I'll be like, okay, Lord, I hear you knocking. What do you want me to pray for? And it's something that I'm so distracted during the day that he's got to wake me up in the middle of the night because he knows that there's not a lot of distractions in the middle of the night, except for Eddie snoring next to me. I'll sacrifice for it. I'll sacrifice sleep for it because some things are more important than that. And if it's important enough to God to wake me up in the middle of the night to pray for it, then I count it an honor that he sees that I'll be obedient to it. I'll get up early. I'll sacrifice maybe my my elliptical sesh just to meet with the Lord and to pray over my children, my family, the ministry, whatever it is. It's worth sacrificing for. It's worth saying no to other things for. I am confident if you knew what you bypassed via blessing because you did not sacrifice for prayer, you would never not sacrifice again. 
if you knew what God was willing to do in your life simply because you prayed, you would not stop praying. You would be like Paul in Ephesians, praying at all times in the spirit. If the enemy can steal your mind, he'll steal your fight. I want you guys to have a renewed passion for this because years ago I was, and I say it in the book, a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life. I knew everything. I knew all the stories. I knew the Joshua. I knew the Gideon. I knew the, all the things. I knew it all. And it sounded really good. But if anyone was able to see through my performance to my soul, they would see that I was just a valley of dry bones, especially in the area of prayer. I looked good. I looked spiritual. I looked like I had it all together because I had to. And when the Lord got a hold of my prayer life, he got a hold of the rest of my life. Because for the first time ever, I realized faking it in prayer produced nothing but the praise of men. Really going in and taking it seriously began to produce miracles in my life. So much so that God told me one time, what's, what they call a miracle, what everyone else calls a miracle, can be your everyday life. Your everyday life can be miraculous. People can look at your life and say, how did that happen? How did that happen? How did that happen? Rather than having one miracle a lifetime, you could have many. What they call a miracle could be your everyday life. And it changed my life. So I'm passionate about prayer. I'm passionate about fighting through. I'm passionate about claiming back your mind so that you can fight the enemy in prayer. I'm passionate about those things because I've seen the results of the Lord meeting me where I am and doing amazing things in my life. Uh, The next two weeks, we'll talk about prayer again. Go get the book if you want to radically change your prayer life. I think it would be really, really awesome. Um, Maybe get a couple girls together, get get your little girl gang together and um, go through gangster prayer. Maybe you do it together. Have some accountability. Um, Have some iron that's sharpening you to really overhaul. That's what I needed. I needed an overhaul. I needed to overhaul my prayer life. And um, God did that for me. So that is the message for today. I will see you guys in a sec with a story from one of you and a question. I'll see you in a sec. Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she's passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. 
Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Okay, guys, here we go. I have a question from one of you. Um, This goes directly with what I just said. Uh, The question from followers is this. The term praying in the spirit intimidates me and makes me feel like it's going to be some weird event. What is it supposed to feel like? This is so crazy because obviously I just did the whole show on that. Um, So from, from, I don't have a name here. If that's you, I want to tell you this. Be careful what you assume about terms that are biblical, okay? Um, Praying in the Spirit is right there in Ephesians 6.18. It's not weird. I've done it a lot. It can be weird. And like our pastor says, the Spirit isn't weird. People are weird. (laughs) So it might just be you making it weird, or maybe it's something you've experienced in the past making the term praying in the spirit weird. Maybe you come from a conservative background. I don't know. And it's just been something that's like off limits that was maybe discouraged. Determined to make it unweird because if it's biblical, there is great value in it. We don't need to make things from the Bible weird. We need to find out what it means and why do we do them. And the reason why we pray at all times in the spirit, according to uh, Ephesians 6.18, is because it produces the power of God in our situation, okay? If the enemy can make you think praying in the spirit is weird, then already your power's gone. Already, you're up against an uphill battle. A stolen mind, like I said, is a stolen fight. Excellent question. Thank you for asking it. Uh, We have a story from a follower. And this is pretty intense story. When they read this to me, I was like, what? I don't even know if I'm going to put this into the atmosphere. But it is a story of what God's doing in our... Let me just say this. I'll blanket this story with this. You do not know what people are facing. You don't know, which is why we're supposed to love our neighbor, (laughs) which is why we're supposed to be good to them uh, that hate us. Well, is why we're supposed to love our enemies because you just don't know what is happening in somebody else's life. Okay. This particular person was threatened by someone for years. She didn't know who they were. And I'm going to like glaze over a lot of these details. She didn't know who they were. Um, It had been happening for a long time. And she started praying that God would reveal this person. And after years of just being threatened by this person, they were able to find out who this is and he was able to be held accountable. So I want you to, she says right here, the Lord is faithful. He will do what he says he will do. And I just want to encourage you without going into details, The people, our family members out there, they're dealing with a lot 
And God is moving amongst us, family. He's moving amongst us. He is so willing to meet us exactly where we are, exactly in our problem. And he is so willing to do a miracle on our behalf. Okay. Keep praying. She was one of those that fought through. She was one of those that prayed her, her message to us as she prayed based on what the spirit of God was telling her to pray. And she really was able to overwhelmingly conquer that situation. So God is with us. He's amongst us. He's in our group of uh, family. He's in our family and he wants to do something in your life. Let me pray us out. Lord, we love you today. We praise you today. We praise you for your power today. We praise you for your goodness today. We praise you that we don't just pray without power. We pray with the power of almighty King Jesus at our back, at our front, around us, on our sides. We pray with the authority of the Lord surrounding us. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your power. We thank you for the ability to pray. We thank you, Lord, that our prayer is stronger than the enemy's schemes. We thank you for that. God, I just pray for everyone that is listening, that they do want to overhaul their prayer life. Lord, they do want to take their prayer life more seriously. I pray that you would lead them, guide them, and give them the grace to do that very thing. Lord, we love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. I will see you next time, next week, right here on the Autumn Mile Show. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Miles Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.